0: Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way vision is
1: helping you look to God daily.
2: 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
3: Great to have you along with us. It is the Tuesday edition of 2020. It is Neil Johnson with you and our special guest uh, through this coming hour, the other Dr. Carl, Dr. Carl Whelan from Creation Ministries. Hello, Carl. Welcome back to 2020.
4: Hi, Neil. Thanks for having us.
3: What a day to get together. And today being the 1st of April, uh, April Fool's Day, some people... Uh, make light of the idea that April Fool's Day could be connected to Atheist Day because of that verse there in Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool says in his heart there is no God. And of course, uh, our conversation today is not a disrespectful conversation to people who are not yet. Uh, on that journey of faith and understanding uh, what it is to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But our conversation today may well go a long way in answering some of those questions that block faith in the life of a person. And I think you're coming across people all the time in your ministry uh, who are having questions that they have held very deeply for their whole lives uh, where they're getting reasonable answers and they're turning to Christ. Uh, There must be some real tremendous uh, Uh, sense of satisfaction sometimes when you're speaking to various audiences and people get those questions answered.
4: Certainly very humbling when you consider that these days with the six different CMI ministries in various countries around the world, there's probably not a week that goes by where we don't see a testimony of someone who says, oh, by the way, it was getting this magazine or somebody lent me this book that uh, saw me come to Jesus
3: Christ. Well, we're going to be talking through issues of faith today. We'll be talking about God. We'll be talking about atheism. We'll be talking about those things that block people from becoming Christians. Uh, There's a saying, you've probably heard this before, Carl, faith is not wishful thinking it's not believing without evidence or believing in spite of the evidence faith is a reasonable trust in light of the evidence uh, there is a a—that's a pretty good definition isn't it it's a good way of putting it you know when paul
4: was witnessing to the king agrippa he didn't say to him you know king i want you to believe six impossible things before breakfast he said look you know you know these things weren't done in a corner in the context he was talking about the resurrection, that you know you know that there's hundreds of people who claim to have seen and talked and even eaten with the risen Christ and you know that the Jewish and Roman authorities would produce the body in a heartbeat if they could. So the king wasn't being asked to make a blind leap of faith, but a reasonable one.
3: Now we are going to be talking about all of these sorts of issues to do with faith and uh, there is some incentive to give us a call today and participate in this conversation In fact, if you don't already have a subscription to Creation Magazine, uh, your opportunity this hour to uh, enjoy a complimentary uh, subscription to the Creation Magazine. The first five callers that we air through our program today here on 2020 will receive not only the print edition of the Creation Magazine, but also the digital edition. These are typically a $32 subscription. Carl, what does the digital edition do for families when you get a hold of that one? Well.
4: It means that five different devices can access it, and so that means your children, your grandchildren, whatever, can have their own
3: copies. Well, here's the number to call if you'd like to participate in our conversation this hour. The number is one eight hundred eighty-eight 880 876 That's one eight hundred eighty-eight 880 876 and you might like to contribute to the conversation. We're talking about the fool says in his heart there is no God. So how hard is it to call yourself an atheist when the evidence shows that there is a God? Uh, You might have some impressions. You might have been to see the latest Noah movie. We'll talk a bit about Noah. And what do you say to a friend when they say they don't believe in God? Well, we're taking your calls. You might like to contribute to our conversation. The number 1-800-880-876. 1-800-880-876. A few impressions about what you have read and seen about the Noah movie. Carl, uh, it's just hit the cinemas. Uh, It's a big Hollywood epic Uh, It's a Bible movie. Uh, What are your thoughts?
4: Well, um, we've actually got a detailed review on the front page of creation.com, which is our website. But look, my thoughts are that, you know, you you don't really expect Hollywood to make something which is uh, totally faithful to the Bible evangelistic movie. But I think looking for the positives, there's some amazing things in that movie. It apparently... I believe you've seen it, Neil. It apparently really depicts the sinfulness of man. You know, it gets a bit of mix-up between evolution and, and, and creation in six days. But apart from that, it actually shows the global nature of the flood and uh, makes that very real. And uh, also the incredible size of the ark gets away from these fairy tale arcs. So I think it's a real positive, and that's why we sort of encourage people to be equipped with answers when people talk to them about it and in fact encourage them to start talking about it by referring to the movie because, Neil, it was interesting we're talking about atheism but it was actually evidence of the global flood that uh, was the last hurdle in taking me
3: from atheism to Christ. That global flood for some people is just so hard to believe Uh, but the movie itself depicts a global flood and uh, in some research and reading that I've done after seeing the movie, I thought, well, I might just check on this because some people say it was just a local flood. And uh, the idea that if it was a local flood would have meant that in the 120 years that it took Noah and his family to build the ark, uh, they could have taken those animals to higher ground somewhere. Uh, But they didn't. They built an ark because there was no other higher ground to go to. Well, Neil,
4: the Bible even says that birds were supposed to go on board. And, of course, birds can just fly across to the nearest mountain range. They they, they don't need hundreds of years. It just makes no sense. You know, no one reading that Those chapters, and we're talking about 6, 7, 8, 9, a big chunk of the Bible devoted to this, um, can possibly get the impression of anything other than a global flood.
3: Well, you can contribute to our conversation. Perhaps you have seen the movie and you'd like to tell us about your thoughts on it. You might like to be able to tell us uh, when a friend says to you they don't believe in God, what is your response? Well, we're interested to hear from you today. You can call us on 1-800-880-876. That's 1-800-880-876 and contribute to our conversation. Of course, the uh, five first five callers that uh, we air uh, contributing to our conversation today uh, you'll get uh, a copy of Creation Magazine, both the print and the digital version, they're worth thirty-two dollars, and of course you can get those uh, from the Creation uh, website. But uh, your opportunity to get one of those this hour,
4: Neil, Neil. Just sorry, one correction: it's it's not a copy that costs thirty-two dollars. That's a one-year subscription sorry. for four <laughs> copies of
3: print, okay, well, print be, plus digital. You'll be a subscriber to the uh, Creation <laughs> magazine. Uh, look, let's come back to atheism too, because this is uh, one of the main topics of our conversation this hour. Uh, the evidence that is required to be a true atheist, Carl. There is a sense in which uh, most people who say that they're atheists haven't really thought through what that really means.
4: That's true. Someone summarized it as it means that nothing plus nobody gave rise to everything or that hydrogen is a colorless, tasteless gas which left long enough turns into people. Uh, And that's, that's really fantastic when you stop and think about it. But you know what? I was an atheist all the way through university and that was a major reason because I'd been convinced that that story was a fact and particularly what was a big block for me was this whole concept of millions of years because I knew that the millions of years were represented by the fossil bearing layers and of course they show death and disease and bloodshed and I'd read the Bible and of course if all of those things are millions of years old I mean fossils are real but if they're millions of years old, with all their cancerous tumours and all the rest of it, then that means that all of that bad stuff was in the world before Adam and Eve sinned. So the Christian could no longer talk about a good world ruined by sin to be restored in the future, which blind Freddy, reading the Bible, can see is what the gospel is all about. Instead, you suddenly have to believe in a world where there's you know bleeding and dying and suffering for millions of years, and of course that's why the global flood is so important and why people atheists particularly the passionate ones get really angry about it because they understand that if you've got a global flood well that's what's capable of laying down all those waterborne sedimentary rocks with billions of dead things in them and uh, you know you now have a justification for the gospel a good world ruined by sin and a global flood which caused the fossils not millions of years after Adam sinned,
3: We're taking your calls this hour. One eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six is our number. Let's hear from Mara from Kempsey. Hello, Mara. Welcome to twenty twenty. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Mara. What's your story?
2: Um my story is that at you know, um Chris I mean sorry, <laughs> nervous thing on the radio. That's okay. Um I just went to a normal secular school and we were learning about evolution. And I kept questioning, oh, I thought this was just a theory and it was really pushed to me as fact and this was before I was a Christian. And I looked into it because I was interested in science and I'm like, oh, this is definitely just a theory. And I think I actually believe the world was created. That just made, made a lot more sense to me and it wasn't until about eight years later that I became a Christian. So I was a creationist before a Christian.
4: Mara, <laughs> that's interesting, yeah, that's... Uh... Um, not uncommon it's not the most common thing but uh, yeah that's interesting what What was it that then um, you know actually brought you to Christ?
2: Um, I think I just started thinking about the value of life and how important it is and looking who was saying and who was agreeing that it was really important and um, yeah that was just a long journey
3: <laughs> yeah thanks Mara, thank you so much for uh, contributing today here on 2020. Great to hear from you. That is the story of a lot of people, uh, Carl, uh, going through school and university. And this is evolution presented as a fact. It is one of the mainstays of the difficulties that people have before they come to faith in Christ, dealing with this issue of creation versus evolution.
4: Unfortunately, it also blocks many from coming to Christ. You know, the evidence from you know, surveys and chaplains at university and so on shows that you know, when they come to first year, about 80% believe in a personal God of some sort. And by the end of second
3: year biology, for instance, it drops down to just about zero. Let's take another call from David, who is in Newcastle, in New South Wales. Hello, David. Welcome to Twenty Twenty.
5: Uh, thank you, uh, Carl. My question is: I, I know that you had a lot of operations uh, after an accident, and that you, the same uh, bone, the same actual rib, was taken after it regrew time and time again. Um, is it only one rib that regrows, or is it any? Uh, any of the ribs can regrow?
4: No, it's actually any of them because where the regrowth comes from is the periosteum, which is that membrane that covers every bone like a bit of glad wrap. And even though I was a medical doctor, before I actually went to hospital and had all these operations, I, I didn't know that the ribs, the only bone in the body, that will if you leave that periosteum behind and you can peel the rib out nicely and leave that membrane behind, it'll grow straight back again. And one reason too is the the, uh, fact that the muscles around there sort of guide it nicely and also there's a very rich blood supply. So God knew what he was doing. Adam didn't have to walk around with a defect the rest of his life. Just grew straight back.
5: Right. So it can be any any rib will uh, grow like that and uh, either be male or female ribs do the same thing? Yes. And what about animals? Do their ribs um, also regrow?
4: Look, I don't know, but... Uh, I've never asked that question, but I can't see any reason why that wouldn't be the case um, because, you know, a lot of the same design features
5: are used in that. They have the same for the sheath. Yep. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much.
3: David, it's great having you as part of 2020 and uh, really appreciate your call today.
5: Thank you. I'd like to keep listening if I could.
3: Uh, you can, uh, you'll can. you need to listen uh, offline, but uh, but uh, I, you can yeah, do that however you do. I
5: haven't
3: been able to get on, actually. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'll have to get you to find uh, another way to listen in, but uh, thank you for your call, David. Great to hear from you. Uh, Carl, Just uh, that's an interesting little personal uh, side that, uh, that really has bolstered, I guess, your faith in those uh, biblical accounts, uh, particularly with Adam and the rib.
4: Yes, it's quite amazing when I begin talking about that in a in a standard you a know, creation talk at, in a church service that's the one point where everybody goes quiet and starts leaning forward you know it seems to be something like where's he going could he possibly be saying it's going to grow back and um, it's all documented in, in uh, a, a book called beyond the shadows which I was persuaded to write about my whole experience in hospital all about you know things that happened from a Healing and a non healing point of view, too, but also that having worked through the biblical worldview of a good world ruined by sin to be restored in the future through Christ made a huge difference in coping with personal tragedy. 2020 on Vision.
3: Great to have you along with us today on 2020. It's Neil with you, our special guest, the other Dr. Carl, Carl Whelan from Creation Ministries. Carl, we're uh, inviting listeners to call in and be a part of our conversation. Uh, One of the questions we're saying is, uh, you know, what do you say to a friend when they say they don't believe in God? If I'm asking you that question, uh, what's your response?
4: Well, Neil, you know, God uses many different methods with different people and there's no magic formula, but you know, I would suggest, why not ask the person why they wouldn't be a Christian? In other words, you know, get them to lay out their objections. And you know what's amazing? When people do that, nine times out of ten, it's something to do with this issue. Now, they won't come at you with some fancy scientific challenge, you know. Most of the time, they'll just say something vague like, oh, well, it doesn't fit or it's not real or I can't really trust the Bible or what about science or they'll mumble about dinosaurs or something. But if you're alert to it and you understand how this is a whole world view that doesn't sort of really fit with the Bible. See, one person I know that asked somebody that and they said, oh, dinosaurs, you know. What they meant was this notion of things killing each other millions of years ago and so on. And so the person that asked the question said, oh, would you be interested in finding out more? And that led to a conversation and they were able to sort of, you know, look up creation.com and so on and find out how dinosaurs really do fit the Bible.
3: Let's take another caller. And from WA, Bridget is on the line. Hello, Bridget. Welcome to 2020. Hi, how are you guys. you going? Very good, Bridget. What's your comment or your question for Dr. Carl?
1: Yeah, um, well, probably just a, a bit of a... Comment. Well, Love Creation Magazine. We get it, um, and it often lives in our toilet actually, because that's just about the only time of day you have time to sit down and read it. But it's fantastic, and I just we have you know teenage kids, and um, I just I love the fact that as you know time goes on and history unfolds, the more that scientists discover, um, it just proves that creation is true. And I just wanted to share with you know people listening in today that um, have come across the station accidentally or you know are really searching and may even sort of say I am at that stage where they don't believe in God and want answers I just want to encourage you to lean into him and just ask him just look at walk out into the night sky tonight look into the heavens and say if you're really real reveal yourself to me because he will and over my lifetime I'm in my 30s now but I've seen it so many times where Because he's a God of the detail in people's lives and because he loves each individual and he's created them, however he's wired them, however their personality is, he will reveal himself to you in a way that you'll understand, And whether it be historically or scientifically or through an emotional, spiritual revelation, however it is that um, you'll understand his character, that's the way that he'll present himself to you if you really search. And that's the key, I think, is... Um, just be honest and say if you're real prove yourself and you will and that's all he wants us to do as humans and um, quite often you know it's through suffering and death that that's the very time we really come to the end of ourselves that we have to have something greater than ourselves to um, reach out to and that'll be the time that he'll show up in your life and then you'll realize he's actually been there from the very Moment of your awareness into this world, he's been there all the time. But because our minds are so filled with ourselves and through the things that we want to pursue in life, um, we don't we don't feel him, you know. So um, I just wanted to share that, and to for people that you know, I've had a lot of friends that have said, "I don't believe in God, and he's not real." And um, quite often, it's not that they don't believe; it's that they want to believe, and they want you to show them some sort of evidence. And quite often, that's the the very time for Christians who have people. Um, you know in their lives that God's brought um, along um, don't be scared of that that's they're actually pursuing God and they want you to show them something so just be encouraged if you're looking for him keep searching because that's what he wants that's your purpose in life is to find him and then he'll show you what your purpose is from
4: there on That was a great uh, contribution, and it was a good reminder that the Bible actually says, where God says in the Bible, that if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. So that's the key if they're seeking. And uh, our job as Christians, like 1 Peter 3.15 says, is be prepared if people do ask you. um, Be ready to give an answer, a reason for the hope.
3: Thank you so much. Bridget from WA, thank you so much for your contribution today on 2020. Carl, it seems to me uh, that sometimes, uh, coming back to uh, something you were saying a little earlier and following on from what Bridget was sharing there from WA, there is a sense, isn't there, in which sometimes we feel a little bit vulnerable to be able to stand up and say, I believe in God, uh, when we ought to be able to ask some questions of our guest, uh, when... When we ask those questions, certainly the shallowness of not believing is revealed.
4: I think so. And, you know, a friend of mine used to work for the ministry a long time ago. He, he used to find that by asking people more and more questions, first of all, you're, you're giving them the respect of listening to their point of view. But you also find that they will often run out of their own ideas. In other words, they'll sort of say, well, I don't really know uh, You know, if you say, well, why do you believe in evolution? Well, why this, why that? And then you can respectfully ask them, you know, are you interested in finding out more? And, of course, if they say no, well, it's obvious that they're not seeking. And if they do, well, that's your opportunity to say, come into my home, watch this DVD, which is about your problem, issue, or whatever. But we are supposed to engage the arguments, not, not duck them, Not to be argumentative, but Paul says that what the apostles were doing was also demolishing arguments and everything that puffs itself up against the knowledge of God. And also, like I said, 1 Peter 3.15, we're supposed to be ready to give an answer, gently and respectfully, of course.
3: Let's take another call. Mary is in Bathurst in New South Wales. Hello, Mary. Welcome to 2020. Mary in Bathurst, are you there? Uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll chat with Mary shortly. Uh, we'll uh, we can take Mary. Hello, Mary. It's Neil here. Uh, welcome to Twenty Twenty.
0: Hi. How are you?
3: I'm very well. What's your question or comment?
0: Um, just a comment. Um, I've had a lot of people say, you know, they just believe in God and, and and that, and you know, I always ask them, well, how can you prove that there isn't a God? So basically, I'm asking the question for them to prove that there isn't a God, um, which they can't, Um, then I say to them, well, you know, like, you know, with the the creation of the world, they say, oh, well, it's, you know, a big bang. I said, but something had to create, if that's what you believe, something had to create that big bang because nothing can come from nothing. You know, you always have to have a cause and effect. Um, So if you have a big bang that created the world, then you must have a cause, like the effect of that would be something created that. Um, the other thing is I, I often say to people, Well, you know, if 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 you if you operate it on somebody, you don't find intellect. But we all know we have it. So where does this come from? You know, we don't give the intellect to ourselves. You know, a baby has an intellect. And that intellect grows, but it didn't give it to itself. So somebody or something, as in God, had to give us an intellect so that we can choose freely because, I mean, an animal might have an intellect, but it can't choose freely to to whatever it wants to eat or whatever it wants to wear. We can. That's how we know that we have an immortal soul and that the soul is actually intellect so yeah that's often that's what i um you know explaining how god is and how creation is and yeah
4: thank you mary you make some some interesting points um mm. we we find you know that that the vast majority of people are not really out and out atheists they believe no, they no. Be, they believe in something don't they mm. you know yeah
0: that's true and i mean as you said like you know, the word atheism is without God. You know, their their hearts have are without God, but their their intellect is telling them that there is no God. So one goes in hand with the other sort of thing. So it's the intellect that's saying, Well, you know, mm. there mustn't be a God but just the same as that, you know, we have not seen all our ancestors yet. We know that we have ancestors. In the same proof that we can prove that we have these ancestors and where we come from, God has, has proven that, you know, in the Bible, that's the proof, that's where, and I mean, and then, you know, archaeology has backed that up by finding different aspects and, and that, so there's proof. Um, you know, Ma- so.
4: Ma- Mary, the key is in what you just said, where you said in the Bible. I think mm. otherwise people just end up believing in a fuzzy God of their own imagining rather than in the God of the Bible the father yeah. of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ yeah and yeah. and and so that you know one of the problems today is that people don't accept that all-important history in the Bible upon which the gospel is based you know, if, you, if, if 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 you say to someone for instance you know Christ died for your sins well mm. what's sin many of them think exactly. it's our that, it's, exactly. it's our leftover animal ancestry when yes. it's not
0: That's right people don't understand what sin is um, but you know my my son-in-law was a good one you know he said he was an atheist and I said to him okay you know you don't believe in God you don't believe in sin and he said no I don't believe in sin you know we should just do what we want I said okay I said so if you don't believe in sin you don't obviously worry about right or wrong and I said so when you you first did something wrong like you know um with regards to a sexual activity did you tell your parents and he said no i said why if you didn't think that that was wrong why didn't you tell them and then he stopped and he thought oh and since then he's become a christian so
1: yeah
4: mary you've got some good common sense and i hope you really enjoy the creation magazine subscription that you've won
3: Mary from Bathurst, thank you so much for your input today on 2020. Just great to have you along with us on 2020 today. Our special guest, the other Dr. Carl. And given that it is April the 1st, we're talking about Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool says in his heart there is no God. How hard is it? to call yourself an atheist when the evidence shows there is a God. You might have some perspectives. You might have even been to see the movie Noah in the last few days since it was released. And we're also asking you if you'd like to contribute, what do you say to a friend when they say they don't believe in God? Uh, Dr. Carl is with us. Uh, Let's continue to take some calls, Carl. Uh, This one uh, that's coming to us uh, from uh, David in Tasmania. Hello, David. Welcome to 2020. G'day, g'day. Yep, hi. David, what's your contribution to our conversation today?
6: Yep, um, when I was at uni, um, we had you meet, you meet lots of people with great robust discussions of evolution, and uh, and there was one day that I was talking to this very, very clever guy, and um, I just thought thought a different angle to talk to him about it, and I just said, look, let's just pretend evolution is true, and evolution creates matter. Um, if not, you know, creation creates matter, uh, but it, it can't create spirit um, because a lot of the guys I was talking to there were, were into um, believing in other spirits or in their cult or, you know, uh, those types of um, discussions. And I tell you what, the, the people around me were quite pulled up by that. They were quite defiant that there is no God, but they couldn't explain their belief in spirits and uh, uh, be it good or bad. But, you know, so that... That was quite an interesting uh, angle that stayed with me uh, and I've used it a couple of times when I'm talking to young people that are quite adamant about evolution or adamant about no God but they will uh, delve into other sort of spiritual aspects of their life.
4: That's interesting, David. It it reminds me, you know, what you're doing is really taking evolutionists to the logical conclusion of evolution, which is if everything just evolved, then there's no room for the soul, even the whole business of morality, and right and wrong becomes sort of up for grabs, and um, it reminds me of what I did when I was at uni. I, I was an atheist, but I just didn't like people having two bob each way you know and so uh, someone was sort of you know waxing on about evolution and against christianity and saying how they believed in in you know seances and spiritualism and people's spirits surviving and i said well look hang on if humans go to an afterlife in this evolutionary world what about the animals you know they said, "Oh, well, people have seen dogs in seances." And I said, "Well, how about we go down the evolutionary scale? <laughs> what about snails and worms? Do they go into this afterlife? And if there's no lawgiver, what you know, who controls that? You know, there's so many inconsistencies in many people's evolutionary views, and that can also be a a lead in to talking to them about the truth."
6: Yes, yeah. No, you just reminded me of another conversation, a similar one, where where did go that way myself and and then it was just sort of chaos it was just like a spiritual chaos and uh that was just not even a, a logical um um conclusion but mm. uh it definitely what I found occurred it definitely opened them up instead of being defensive uh, uh, uh defensive to to say me believing in creation and God uh they were quite def- defending their their spiritualism. But then I found a common ground that we could talk about, you know, so that I sort of met them in the middle. So it was less resistive, if you know yeah. what I mean. It was sort yeah. of, at um, least we could we could sort of uh, have a common ground that we believe, I, you know, I could say I believe in in, in the spiritual side too. I mean, I even native cultures, you know, uh, ancient cultures of people that are quite removed from society believe in. In 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 the spiritual side of life, <laughs> and that that tend to pull them up too. That you know, indigenous cultures uh, without any influence would would have a spiritual dimension to them. So, yeah, I just yeah just like to add that today. Thank you. Yeah.
3: Okay, thank you so much for your input there. That's uh, fabulous, David from Tasmania. And, uh, Carl, there's an interesting aside here. When you start to talk about telling stories, uh, your own testimony is very powerful. And uh, the testimonies that you hear around uh, the world when you're talking about these sorts of things, are powerful testimonies of the way people have moved from a evolutionary side of atheism. And they've moved uh, very gradually and sometimes uh, more quickly than others towards faith in Jesus.
4: Well, before my own daughter uh, got married, her prospective husband wasn't a Christian, and she said, "Well, that's that's got to be par for the course." And uh, he said, "Well, how can I?" And she arranged that he would go with her on a trip of ministry for myself, you know, speaking in church after church every evening in far north Queensland, and he was helping, you know, set the books up and he had to listen to the same preaching and the same jokes <laughs> over and over. And yeah, praise God, he became a rock-solid Christian at the end of that time and has remained so ever since. So we, we just wish that people who think, well, this is a side issue and you know, what does it matter how or when God created, so as long as I know that he's created. But the key is the gospel, because the gospel really only makes solid sense in a framework of Bible history. And that's what's really under, under attack through this whole evolutionary
3: teaching. So when people have a difficulty with the book of Genesis, it, it hinders them from having a full appreciation of this gospel message of Jesus being the saviour. That's definitely
4: true. And I mean, you know, people say, well, don't worry about that. Let's just, you know, um, have you sort of accept Christ. But, you know, so many people then reach a time where they get weak at the knees And they say, well, what have I actually believed? Look look at this. The Bible says, you know, Jesus believed in a literal Adam, literal Eve. He believed in a young world because he talked about people being there from the beginning of creation and things like this. And the Apostle Paul obviously believed that Eve and the serpent and all of that was correct. So if that's not true, then often people will, uh, you know, uh, fold their tent
3: and go home even after they've made a profession of faith. You can contribute to our conversation today. Our talkback lines are open one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six that's our number one eight hundred. 880876 eighty-seven six. why don't you give us a call and uh, tell us your perspectives on some of the things we're talking about. We've been talking about Psalm 14 verse 1, the fool says in his heart there is no God. Hey, today is April 1st, it's April Fool's Day, why wouldn't we talk about a scripture like that? How hard is it to call yourself an atheist when the evidence shows that there is a God. You might have some perspectives. Why don't you call us one 800 zero eighty seven six back to talk with the other Dr. Carl from Creation Ministries in just a short while. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 2020 on Vision. Tremendous to have you along with us on 2020 Today. It's Neil with you, our special guest, the other Dr. Carl, Dr. Carl Wheeland from Creation Ministries. We are talking about the fool says in his heart there is no God. And those words out of Psalm 14 and verse 1, your opportunity to contribute to our conversation today, 1-800-880-876. I think there's been a number of calls today, Carl, people reflecting on their university days. Uh, where science lecturers and uh, uh, people who profess to be uh, very clever when it comes to science have their perspectives and often arguing very, very strongly for an evolutionary theory. But scientists don't always have everything together. Well,
4: I mean, there are each issue of Creation magazine, there's an interview with a PhD scientist to sort of encourage Christians that there are people that believe the Bible just as it stands and have no difficulty reconciling that with the facts of science as opposed to the, the philosophy and the world view and the interpretations of science. And the facts, in fact, are not only consistent with the fact that there's a God but also with the fact that that is the God of the Bible. But let me just tell you a little story. I was in a cafe once in New South Wales and I was talking to a minister there. who would arranged to meet me because somebody had... In talking to him about this issue of, you know, that you can't really have God using evolution because you've got death and suffering and bloodshed and cancer and so on before sin, and that was really bothering him. and 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 he sort of said, "Well, I'd really like to believe that, and that's so convincing." But then he said, "But what would the scientists say?" And I thought, of course, you know that, you know, who's got the authority—the word of God or the word of man? But I, right at that moment, coming in the door were two people from our volunteer friends of CMI in New South Wales, and uh, they were husband and wife, a young, dynamic couple. Both were scientists. He was a PhD molecular biologist. She was a biochemist, and they were working in science. I said, oh, John Sully, just, just <laughs> in time, you know, come and join us. Yeah. And anyway... What was fascinating, they testified to the fact that they actually learnt more about evolution from their involvement with the Friends Group, with CMI, than they had throughout all of their training because they said, look, the reality is that most scientists don't actually use evolution in their practical science. They said most of our colleagues wouldn't even know how to defend evolution properly. They don't even understand it all that well But they think, well, I'm a scientist, so I have to believe evolution. That's what scientists do, they just take it for granted. And, uh, yeah, this minister was absolutely gobsmacked when he heard that. You know, the Christians often have this belief that they've got to bow down to science and what the scientists say, when the problem is not with science. Science is a wonderful tool. And in fact, science flourished in Western Europe because of the Bible after the Reformation and so on. But, uh, Uh, You know, it's a question of what's your beginning point what's your beginning assumption and I would say to anyone who isn't a Christian just assume for the sake of the argument that the Bible is right what would you expect to find and then go through the evidence and uh, you can do that well on our website creation.com it's got a powerful Q&A section and uh, if you've got an issue that's not resolved on the website send us an email
3: Let's take some more calls. Christian is in South Australia. Hello, Christian. Welcome to 2020. Hello. Good to meet you. What's your uh, comment or question for Dr. Carl?
7: I just had a um, comment uh, regarding his uh, book, One Human Family. I thought it was a very enjoyable book, quite eye-opening too. Um, yeah, and just uh, the one thing that interested me was looking at how um, even the non-Christians, they don't realise they borrow from the Christian worldview um, in regards to whether it's justice, human dignity, any of that. And I thought, well, um, how can we communicate this truth to our non-Christian friends or family or whatever um, in, in a way that, because there's this belief that... Um, we can have all of that without the Christian foundation, but I don't believe that's true. Is there a way to communicate this? Well,
4: Christian, I think that, that one way would be to first make them aware of it mm. and, and, uh, and then sort of you know, see how the discussion goes. Uh, for instance, if you ask them, were you aware that, you know, do you know? Mm. And then they'll probably ask you more or they'll say, oh, I don't believe that. And then you say, well, would you like this sort of evidence from it? And mm. That sounds good. Obviously, you've got the book there and you can use that. The subtitle, yeah, yeah. by the way, for people listening is The Bible, Science, Race and Culture. But it's about a lot more than that, isn't it?
7: Yes, yes, absolutely. I just thought it was interesting also how um, so many people are quick to write off Christianity and say, oh, it's the cause of all the troubles in the world. And you hear about the missionaries going to um, many other countries and, um, there's believers there now and um, people say oh they've, they've ruined the culture of, of those countries but you look at it and they've, they've redeemed those people from their warring lifestyles, their occultism or any of that um, and Christ has really made a difference in their lives and I think that's an amazing testimony.
4: It certainly is. You know many years ago uh, and I think I mentioned this in the book I was in F- Fiji and uh, just been to the museum there and there was the usual thing about these you know indigenous people that have had their culture destroyed by missionaries and all the rest of it and uh, then I went to a display in an old temple reconstructed (laughs) temple where they talked about how there was this terror that ruled the Fijian culture before the missionaries came you know people would be Arbitrarily singled out to have their brains dashed out, and you know, mm. people would be buried alive when temples were consecrated. If a war canoe was launched, it would be rolled out on human rollers, you know, and just totally arbitrary, fear-based thing based on demonic worship and so on. Mm. And you know, I spoke to the the, the guide afterwards, and he wasn't a, a red-hot Christian. He was sort of more of a cultural Christian, you could say. But you know what he said? Ah. Oh, because cannibalism and so on was there in his grandfather's day, he said, We are just so grateful for the missionaries, you know. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just think you go nowadays to Fiji and at sunset you get these beautiful high school kids that come out and they, for no money or anything, they just come out and sing hymns to share it with the tourists. What a difference! Wow. That's great.
3: Well, thank you so much for your call today. Uh, great to hear from you, Christian, from thank South Australia. Thank you. Uh, Carl, when we talk about uh, different cultures, uh, people talk about different religions. How does the creation count fit with some of the other world religions and their accounts of origins?
4: Well, of course, um, the, the creation account for, for the Jewish faith is, is the same because, of course, Christianity is the extension of of the Jewish faith, uh, Muhammad appears to have gotten his ideas from interaction with Jewish and uh, and and also post Jesus Christ believers, and uh, so there seems to be a bit of you know confusion in there. We've got an article on our website which compares the Bible and the Quran on, on creation, and of course there is a huge difference. So it's much easier for islamic people to believe in evolution and millions of years and so on in fact they don't have this concept of a good world ruined by sin and so on so um you'll find it's no problem at all for islamic quote anti-evolutionist um organizations and there are a few of those um to accept millions of years they have no problem with that as long as you weave allah in somewhere so they're more
3: more theistic evolutionary in one sense. Okay, and of course many cultures have the similar sorts of creation stories that go back in their traditions and in their folklore. Well, it's interesting that, that you know the Bible
4: says that people started off with the knowledge of the one true God and they sort of abandoned that and began worshipping other things and spirits and inanimate objects and things like that and the archaeological evidence fits with that we find that m- many cultures have a sort of a vague belief in a sky god with whom they've lost contact and uh, all of these other things have come in in the interim but also cultures such as our Aboriginal people they sometimes have memories of the flood and the Tower of Babel in their stories there are, for instance there are over 300 accounts in different cultures around the world of a global flood that was sent by a great spirit of some sort to destroy the world and begin again and that there's a vessel of safety. Sometimes there's the sending out of the birds and so on. So where'd they get that story from if there's never been a meeting between Jews and Aborigines for
3: tens of thousands of years, as we're told? Well, Carlos, we're running a little short of time, let's talk about... The topic, just very, very quickly, the fool says in his heart there is no God. Things we've heard about through this hour might indicate that people could look a little more deeply and find some more evidence uh, that they might place their faith on and put their faith in Jesus Christ. What's your uh, final word to people who might be searching in this moment and uh, looking for answers when it comes to these issues of origins, of creation, of evolution, of whether there is a God?
4: I'd like to go back to what an earlier caller said, and that is that you know the Bible promises God promises in His word that if you really seek Him with all your heart, you will find him. so you know there's no point questioning the rest of your life if you've got serious questions and you're open to serious answers, uh remembering of course that you know people who are you know there to give such answers are only fallen, fallible people, and they're not going to be perfect. But look for the big picture. Look at things like, for instance, the incredible complexity of DNA, you know, the intelligence that's transmitted in the programming of life, such that even the world's leading atheist philosopher, before he died, he changed his mind and said there must be a God behind all of that programming. Look at the fact that, you know, dinosaurs, for example, the fossils we're finding all this soft tissue. Uh, and it's not supposed to be there. Your proteins, DNA, blood cells, things like that that are supposed to be gone long ago found in dinosaur fossils. The evidence is consistent with the fact that they're not millions of years old. Look at the very fact that the Bible talks about this massive world-covering flood, and you would predict from that that there'd be billions of dead things buried in rock layers all over the world, often beautifully preserved from this rapid burial That's not how fossils form today, and that's exactly what you find. If you really want
3: to believe in the God of the Bible, you can. And, Carl, we're only a couple of weeks away from Easter. The events of Easter, Jesus' death on the cross, his resurrection. It's one thing to say uh, that there is a God, but knowing that it is the God of the Bible, it comes back to this account of Easter that we are going to be celebrating ourselves just in a couple of weeks.
4: Well, that's right. And he wasn't just some martyr who died for his faith. Jesus was the creator, says the Bible, you know, and it was God Himself, you know, taking that punishment for our sin. We've all sinned individually, but we inherit that sin nature, that compulsion to sin, because of what happened back there in the Garden of Eden. And that's the reason why those who believe, who put their faith and trust in Christ, will live forever with God, with Jesus in that restored creation, new heavens, new earth,
3: in which there'll be no more pain, no more suffering, and uh, so on. We've been talking about the Creation magazine. Uh, Just quickly on the website, the Creation website, lots of great detail available to help people answer the questions they've got.
4: Yeah, i just encourage you to sort of uh, realise that there's about, you know, it looks like there's five or six articles on from the front page, but there's uh, over 9,000 there and there's a new one added every day and if you want to be notified of things, you can, uh, from that website, subscribe to our free email newsletter.
3: And Carl, uh, coming up to uh, Easter time, uh, people will be going through this story: Jesus' death on the cross, his resurrection. Uh, this is a time when, if you've done some uh, some uh, some study, some further uh, in-depth reading, this is a time when you could uh, look to make a commitment of your life to Christ. Absolutely, I mean. Uh... Yeah, the Bible says now is the day of salvation. There's no time like the present. Carl Wheland, wonderful talking to you today. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. And I look forward to the next time we'll get together and we'll take some questions and comments for the other Dr. Carl. Thanks for being with us, Carl.